Hello and welcome to Off Track, the podcast talking sport performance, athlete lifestyle and navigating your 20s. My name's Leah. And I'm Bron. And today we're talking about pressures and expectations. So this week we thought we'd touch on what we thought our 20s were going to look like and what they do look like. Yeah, I would say that's kind of, that's a summary of it. We didn't really know how to word it, but I I reckon that's as close as we're going to get. Yeah, just like the expectations of how your 20s should go, you know, societal pressures and how they make us feel what our outlooks are now. Yeah, Um, that that kind of thing. Yeah. So to start off, what was kind of your attitude as a kid, as in like, how did you think your life was going to go? So when I was younger, I definitely didn't think my 20s would turn out how they have. I probably, well, I remember thinking, oh, well, I'll be um, married by 26 and I'll have a career and I'll just earn money. I don't think that I knew how I'd earn all this money and I'd be, you know, bought a house, be financially stable, you know, all these things, probably just I'll be an athlete for as long as I want to and it will be easy. All these things you just think will happen and never think of actually how am I going to make that happen or can that happen I think particularly what I didn't anticipate is how difficult it would be to know what you want to do job wise at 18 when you're picking what you want to do at uni yeah it's like yeah you like finish your GCSEs or A levels or whatever and people just expect you to know like what you're going to do Yeah. And then obviously what you do at uni kind of dictates then where you go with your career. And if you actually haven't enjoyed what you did at uni, then it's a bit daunting coming out of uni and thinking, what do I do now? Um, Can you just thrust into this working world, this adult life that, you know, you live in your own bubble at uni, don't really live in the real world, do you? So it's, it's a tricky one in terms of having direction, I think, when you come out of uni, especially being an athlete. A lot of people then go on to master's and even having an undergraduate degree and a master's, you're still not guaranteed a job. It's still very difficult to get a job, even work experience. Oh, yeah. Like there's like loads of memes on it, but you apply for a job, but the job's like you need experience, but you're like, well, I don't have any experience, so I need the job to get experience. And then it's just like a cycle of like that. So you literally can't get a job. A hundred percent. And the last thing you probably saw yourself doing is moving back home and in with your parents straight after uni, after gaining all this independence, you've got a degree, you think your life's going to be set up. But if you don't know what you want to do at the end of it and you can't get straight into a job, you can't live anywhere. Like you just have to go back to square one a little bit. And I think that can sometimes throw people off. It, it's what happened with me. I moved back home after my undergraduate degree and I found that quite tricky and I didn't think that would happen. I don't know what was going to happen. Yeah. You think all these things are going to happen like from when you're a kid. I don't feel like school ever prepped us for all the complications that come with growing up. And I think having passions and being encouraged to have you know extracurricular things outside of school and stuff like for sport it was us for other people it could be music arts loads of different things spending your whole time doing what you really love and then you get to the end of uni and think oh is there actually any money in my ambition like what I want to do my passion and if not I'm gonna have to just put that to one side and just get a job 
that I can earn money and not necessarily what exactly want to do. Yeah, um, I think it's like we're not taught anything on like financial stuff, budgeting, even things like getting a mortgage or something like that. Like I literally have no idea how you would get a mortgage because I've never been taught. And then there's like on the flip side of that, you're not taught really like any social issues anything to do with self-awareness, that kind of thing. Issues there are like just generally in the world. I mean, I'm just going off on one talking about how I think the school curriculum should be changed. But I just think there's so much that should be taught that just isn't taught because you're so unprepared. All you have is some knowledge that you can pass an exam. Like I was talking to my housemates the other day and I got an A star in ICT, like big up. Just, just dropping that in there. Yeah. Dropping that in there. But like, the fact is, I know nothing about like, I don't know anything about technical. I don't even know what the word is. What technical. Being technically being, savvy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I literally, I know nothing about phones, I feel, I feel like people describe it as not very techy. Yeah. Don't they? <laughs> yeah. Like, I just don't, like, I'm applying to... I'll apply to a job and I'll put, oh, A star in ICT, but I know nothing. And I don't think Jim got as good a grade as me and he does, like, he knows everything. And it's the same with, like, maybe people in languages or, like, what any subject. If you're good at exams, you can get the grades and, like, you might genuinely be clever as well. But I got decent-ish grades, especially in my GCSEs, so I went slightly down. <laughs> um, but... I don't really like, I don't back my knowledge. So I think, I just think it's flawed in that way. And we should be more, like there should be a more all-round prep for life. Definitely. I think that feeling all that and then also having the pressures from whether it be parents, whether it be, you know, older people, not like our generation, have a an idea of how they think it should go, maybe similar to how it went for them. But the world changes and it's not as straightforward, I think, for our kind of age group. And a lot of people want to please parents. It's how to cope with the pressures of what they want versus working out what you want to do, where you want to go. I think there's like there's pressures flying from all angles. Like there's, I don't, well, I don't feel like I don't get any pressure from my parents, but I know what you mean. Like you do, you just want to make people proud, don't you? And like, there's just general pressures from society. Then you have like, we've been talking about this before, loads of people just ask you questions. And it's not it's not like maliciously trying to make you anxious or anything like that. Like they're genuinely just interested or like it might just be small talk because they don't even know what else to ask you. But like you get loads of questions, especially after, it's kind of when you're making changes in your life. So maybe before you go into uni, people are like, oh, what are you going to study? Where are you going to go? Or when you leave in uni, people are like, have you got a job lined up? But it's all questions that actually hit you quite hard because you're like feeling quite unprepared and anxious about it. And you're like, can we just not talk about how I'm failing in life, please? But like, yeah, it's not, it's not meant in a bad way. But those kinds of questions are so annoying. Or like even things like, I don't know, say someone's married and someone's like, oh, where, when are you thinking of having kids? Like, it's all just quite intrusive questions, really. Yeah, and I think maybe back in the day, that was just the obvious route. So people think to us. Yeah, it's like the next question. So people yeah. are like, okay, you've made it there. Obviously, you're then going to the do this. One. So yeah. like, what what's happening there? But I think 
that's kind of changed in terms of our generation but the questions are still there so it kind of makes you feel like you're doing it wrong yeah it's like you go home for christmas and your grandma's there and she says how are you have you got a boyfriend you know it's like the first question isn't it like it's what they are interested in because it's what they think the way they think your 20s should be that's what it should be consumed by like finding a partner buying a house having babies by the yeah. time you're 30 whereas in reality we're like oh probably don't even have a job maybe have a part-time one still pursuing a passion that isn't earning me any money but it's what I want to do and I'm trying to make it into something yeah and it's kind of like you want it now but you realize it's not that simple it's going to take a bit of time but you'll have those questions like all the time. So you like, you've still got the same answer. I can't even talk. <laughs> you've still got the same answer to those questions. So say it's like two months later, they ask the same one and you're like, it's not, the progress isn't going to be that quick. So yeah. you just feel like you kind of, not that you should care what other people think, but it is a bit like, oh, I'm still doing the same thing. Just compared to where you thought you're going to be, you're just not there. And also, we already talk about social media quite a lot, but also for kids like growing up in school, it's probably even harder now because like there's just pressure from there as well. It's just like even more pressure to what we already have or had. And it's everyone's highlight reel, isn't it? So you think, how has that person done that or got there? And they might not even have that. They're just showing you a snippet of what they want. Yeah, like, exactly. You know, it's not- so we kind of had this thing of like, when you're growing up, you just have this subconscious thing of what you're going to, where you're going to be. But now people in school actually have visual things that they're looking at that people are achieving or like traveling the world and all this kind of stuff, which like you said, it might not even be the reality, but they're looking at that, like that's where I need to be kind of thing. And it's just like a lot of pressure. Definitely. And I don't think, well, I don't know the curriculum right now, but I know that when we went through school, there wasn't any talk of how to cope with not creating your own like identity straight away, not knowing exactly what you want to do straight away, how to cope with anxiety, maybe around it, um, mental health issues. There was nothing about that. So we've been flung out of uni into our 20s not knowing really what direction to go in, what to do, unless you've done a degree that automatically leads you into a job, like like medicine or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's like certain degrees that kind of lead into jobs, which is kind of obviously the degrees are hard, but at least you've got some kind of pathway. Whereas like more generic degrees, you just kind of finish and you're like, oh, <laughs> what am I doing now? Yeah, and it's not encouraged for people to take their time with it and work out what they want. The pressure is getting a job, start earning money, move out. And people can end up getting into positions they really don't want to be in, in jobs they really don't want to do for the rest of their life because they feel that pressure. I mean, how were you when you graduated? Did you know what the next few years would hold or not? I think graduation was quite a hard time for me, even though at the time I maybe didn't realise. Um, I think it was just like a lot of underlying stress that I guess I kind of, I don't really get outwardly stressed that much. So I think it is just kind of like an underlying thing. Sometimes it takes me a while to realise. But I think just the thought of being like, where is my life actually going now? And being like, I know I want to stay in Leeds. I know I want to live with my housemates still. I know I really want a career in sport, but I'm not funded. And like that kind of thing. It was just a bit like, do I give my everything to sport and like try and be 
pretty skimp with a part-time job but still give everything? Or do I go for a more well-paid job but I'm not going to be able to give everything? And it was just a bit of a... It was kind of like a weird conflict thing in my head because... I knew realistically I wouldn't be happy unless I did just go for it as an athlete. But then I think it's just financial pressure and the pressure to be financially stable and like not have support from your parents and that kind of thing. I think it did just leave me a bit like, oh, I'm not like, I just want to be funded and that be it. But I'm trying to think what else I kind of felt. I think I was kind of like, should I do a master's? Should I not do a master's? Should I? I didn't really know any kind of job I'd want to go into because I know ultimately I want to be an athlete, but that's not going to be for my whole life. And then also, if I do want to earn money alongside that, what's that actually going to be? I know this is just such a classic athlete thing to say, but I've never wanted to do anything else. I spent a little bit being like, ooh, police would be fun. I could like chase people. (laughs) But then I was just like, no, I'm not made to be in the police. I'm so stupid. And like, I'd just be pushed over. But I think a lot of people... (laughs) That was a ridiculous thing to say. (laughs) I'd just be pushed over. (laughs) But do you know what I mean? Like, I'm trying to think what else I kind of thought of, but there's so many different like career things going through my head. But I didn't really have a, a passion for any of them. And I feel like, where do you go when you have all them questions? A, a lot of people, gr- a lot of athletes graduate and probably find themselves in that position, but it's not really spoken about that much. It's like, you always see, oh, how's that person affording to be an athlete? How's that person like not got a job? It's so normal to get help from your parents. Like being an athlete, you probably couldn't do it without them Um, being realistic. But no, definitely to start with, like if you're, gonna get anywhere unless you've been like one of the few people to have funding from like an early age like you are gonna have help from your parents yeah but it's like also the rest of your family who don't maybe get the sporting side do do they think oh what why why are they putting so much money into a passion Uh, yeah just their hobby you you also feel a bit cheeky like yeah I don't want to spend my life just I don't know I'm in my 20s I I should be like independent at this point but that's an expectation isn't it of society and the pressure to feel that you should be independent and in reality what sometimes you want to do cannot financially uphold you at this age and sometimes you need to put years of work into it and then you'll be able to earn some money from it sometimes you won't sometimes it's just a passion that takes up most of your life that you need some help with here and there or you have to do loads of different random part-time jobs and it's not a career and it's a really tricky thing because I don't think it's spoken about enough in the sporting world how people get by when they're not funded but also how do they give their time completely to sport yeah there's not actually that much support around it and it's such a normal thing because it's what most people are having to do you'd think there'd be a bit more like advice and guidance with it really yeah like when you graduated those feelings were super normal where do you go to talk to someone about it who do you ask for advice it's there's no actual help and direction and that can cause a lot of you know stress um yeah when you've been flung into the real world after uni especially having such a pressure to like achieve at an early age in sport really it's like there's not really that much time pressure on other careers but in sport specifically it's like you need to be achieving 
at a young age. Otherwise, you like you're just not going to have a career in it. So it's like you just feel like, oh god, I'm not achieving enough. I'm not like it's just a lot to be dealing with at the end of uni, which is already quite a stressful time for most people. Definitely. Um, and how think... did you feel like at the end of your degree as well? So I wanted to move back home because I wanted to move to a coach that was at home. I already kind of been working with him the end of uni. So I didn't have the pressure of how am I going to pay my rent because I was going to move back in. I didn't realize how tricky it was to go from being independent at uni to then moving back in your parents. But for my sport, I knew that's what I had to do. So I did it and I got a part-time job, but I only had to earn um, enough money to kind of do the things I wanted to do and stuff because I was living at home. Um, But after a couple of years, I was like, I I don't actually have, you know, I'd gone through like ups and downs with the sport and stuff. And I was like, I don't actually have anything to fall back on here. I need to go and I went and did a master's. I need to go and, you know, get some more education and kind of pave a path for myself if this doesn't go to plan. Yeah, because I think when you're younger, I don't know about you, but I used to think like people used to be like, oh, you need a plan B. And I kind of thought plan B is like not giving your all to plan A. Yeah. So I was like, no, I'm going all in plan A, which I kind of do. I think you need priorities. Like you need to be like, okay, what is it that I want to go for the most here but I think you do need some kind of plan b not not because you're gonna fail more just because you need I think for your own mental health you need other things to be interested in but also what about when you finish sport and you're like I don't know mid-30s like 40 a push then you've still got a lot of your life ahead of you Definitely. And I think just touching on age and sport there, I think there's an age time bomb in sport. I feel like people think if you haven't made it by, you know, even like 24, 25 these days, then, you know, it's a bit of a a write off. Like if you're not earning money from it at that stage, you should give up. There's a, there's a few kind of yeah mentalities. Judgments being like, oh, what are they doing still in it? And it's like, not really your business is it just like let them go for it let them do them you do you there's a lot of pressure to be successful as a young athlete to like you said get on funding that's where you know governing bodies put funding usually when you're a young athlete but can also put a lot of stress on your body as well when you know each athlete wants longevity and you want to try and keep going till you're 30 and still be at your best in your late 20s but that's if you haven't reached your potential by mid-20s, that's when a lot of people might fall off into, I'm not kind of, no chance of funding, no chance of sponsorship because being branded as old at 26. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. You're not old in the slightest, but, you know, that's what society, well, in that's what the world of sport makes you feel like. Yeah, and that's kind of, I mean, I guess we can kind of touch on this in other episodes a bit more in detail, but that kind of attitude, it contributes to people just going for the short-term improvements and that kind of thing, not thinking about, oh, I need to be able to actually look after my health and my long-term performance because they're so bothered about achieving the short-term that they can get like some level of funding and that kind of thing. So it is a bit of a dodgy approach, I think. Well, it's very easy to see why young athletes would take that approach 
Um, and even why coaches may take that approach, like we want you to be funded so that you can have a career. So we're going to go for it now. Um, but I think it's national governing bodies. Yeah, they've who got a responsibility yeah. to like not, I don't know, not let people feel like they have to run their bodies to the ground before they're 20 so that they can be on some level of funding. Yeah, I think it's it's probably not like an intentional thing. I just don't think it's thought out well enough. Yeah, agreed. So obviously we're both not where we thought we'd be when we kind of were thinking how our 20s were going to pan out when we were 15 or whatever. So how do you feel about where you're at? Um, I actually, I think since graduation and just kind of going for it and been like, you know what, I'm not going to like be anxious about where I'm at and put pressure on myself. I'm just going to go with it and try my best. I've actually become so much more like happy with how my life's going. And I think where I used to feel that there should I should be like achieving a certain thing by a certain age, I kind of I'm just happy to keep making progress. And I just I don't think your life should be a race. I think I don't think there should be a set timeline. And I think comparing yourself to other people is not the way to go because you could be comparing yourself to someone with like completely different priorities. Like they could just be like marriage, kids, that's what I want in my 20s. Whereas like, that's just not me. So I like me comparing myself to that is just ridiculous. Like it's two completely different outlooks on life, which are both fine. But yeah, I'm actually like really happy how things are going. Like obviously I'd be lying if I didn't say like I didn't get a bit stressed about money and that kind of thing and like everyone they have their insecurities about yeah like different things in their life but I'd say compared to finishing uni like I don't know I'm just quite I'm chill with how my life's going I don't feel any pressure to be I just think I can't be asked planning anymore (laughs) no I think it's good that you feel that way I think once you accept yourself that your life isn't going to be the same as maybe the majority in terms of the societal stepping stones that are expected, then, yeah, if you accept it and have confidence in it, then people around you will as well. And I yeah, think exactly. that's it's one just way like, to yeah, keep not, those grandmas quiet. <laughs> yeah, and like not worrying what people think because it's just like they, most people are actually thinking about themselves anyway. And if people are going to comment, it's just a bit, I don't know, it's just a bit odd, isn't it? Like, yeah. I would never think to, well, I like to think I wouldn't be spend my time commenting on how someone else's life is going. And I think, I mean, we are quite, we have been quite negative on societal kind of expectations and stuff, but there is a lot out there that's encouraging young people to strive to be whatever they want to be at the moment. And I think that it will be more encouraged and accepted that lots of people are going to kind of get to where they want to be in life maybe later on because I mean there's lots of different jobs that take different length of time to qualify like for me I'm not gonna be a fully accredited sports psychologist until I'm 31 so I went to uni at 18 and I'm eventually gonna have worked out what I want to be and be qualified in that you know, over 10 years later. And I think it's about just knowing that everyone has their own timeline and some people will get to where they 
want to be quicker and some people will take their time with that. I prioritise sport in my 20s. Other people would find that really strange and want to have money and go travelling and stuff. But everyone's yeah. different, aren't they? It would they? be so boring if we were all the same as well. Yeah. And I think that's the good thing about um, people kind of finally starting to maybe go against what's been before and just be like, you know what, I'm not going to actually just follow this pathway that's set for us. Because, like, it is interesting to have, like, loads of different people. I think slowly but surely people are coming through with the more you-do-you attitude and everyone's accepted for what they want to do on what time scale, whoever they want to be, and just diversity in society. I know we're all trying to reach for that as an end end goal. Yeah, and I think also it's easy in sport to think you're in competition with people because it is like you're racing people. But actually life in a competition at all, it's just like we should all be bringing each other up and wanting everyone to achieve in like their different things. And like it's the, even in sport as well, like it's nice to want other people to do well. Definitely. Um. So, yeah, I think I would say definitely for me, I'm assuming for you as well, like I'm pretty chill with my outlook on how things are meant to be. Not meant to be, but you know what I mean? How my life's actually going now. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's taken me honestly, a long time to get there. And I don't know whether I'm 100% there, but I'm definitely more okay with how I've chosen to spend my 20s. And I don't compare myself as much to others as I used to. Yeah. So moving on to a positive and a moan, who's going? Do you want to go with a positive? I'll go with a positive this week, trying to keep in line with the times again. I think being in lockdown one of the only positives of it is it's been good to the bank account, hasn't it? I mean, yeah. we've I th- all... Well, I was saying this to you earlier. I think it has, but I think also how would I have coped without, like, with going to cafes and stuff like that on, like, normal times because I'm still, like, fairly low. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I guess the the online shopping has increased. I mean, um, ASOS has been absolutely hammered on my end yeah I treated um, myself last night actually (laughs) but I think overall um money has been saved and um it means that hopefully in summer we'll be able to have a really good summer and make some good plans with the money it's been saved and we've gone past the darkest night of the year the evenings are now getting lighter and even though we're only just into February I'm I'm on the countdown to June because yeah. I feel like, you know, once we're past January, it's like all eyes on the summer. On the up. There's usually good weather in April as well. Yeah. I feel April like April is... heat waves deliver most years. I feel like summer needs to be changed. Yeah, no. Because August usually rains, I find. Like, yeah. Completely like rubbish. I feel like April needs to come in to the summer slots yeah, of the, I of think the months so. and we get rid of August. Yeah, I don't know what the weather's doing, to be honest, yeah. like most of the time. I think that um, saving money, I think everyone will have managed to save a little bit of money and that will have been good. Obviously, that's the case for me. I've managed to save money for once in my life. So um, I'm looking forward to putting that to good use for something exciting in the summer. And I think it's good to start to make a few plans even if they're just in your head of what you might do in the summertime if we're allowed to with that money that's been saved so yeah, I think that's you've a got small to have positive things to look forward to I feel like especially at the moment because before we had like 
in the first lockdown, we were looking forward to getting out of lockdown because we thought that was the end. And then in the second lockdown, we were looking forward to Christmas. And now we've just got to make something to look forward to because otherwise it's just super long and like dismal. <laughs> yeah, you've got to keep having something to look forward to, even if it's two weeks away, even if it's six months away, just keep adding those things into the diary, small little things to look forward to. I had to. the dentist today and I was looking forward to that because I feel like maybe I'm a bit weird, but I quite enjoy the dentist. Like I know a lot of people don't like it, but I just always leave the dentist feeling squeaky clean. Do you know what I mean? And <laughs> Extra fresh. <laughs> yeah, so I was looking forward to that. Um, but yeah, moan of the week for me. Yeah, you tell us your moan. So this is a bit weird. I feel like my moans aren't really moans of the week. They're just things that I don't like in general. Um, so I have like a few words that I don't like, just kind of things that make me git, which is... Which, which is a Yorkshire term, by the way. <laughs> I didn't know what git meant when I came and you were saying it all the time and I was like, should I know that? <laughs> yeah. And then eventually I'm always the doing it as well. <laughs> to ask, but tell the people um, what a gip is. A gip is like a, like a, like a gag really, isn't it? Just like you hear it or like see something it's like you know when there's like nails on a blackboard that kind of thing and people are like that yeah. kind of thing so I have a load of words which like sometimes I don't actually know that I have that word and someone will say it and then I'll be like oh no that's not for me so the list is like always growing but I've just written down like four of them that I could just think of at the top of my head but there are quite a lot so I hate the word groin it makes me ill and like do you know what I mean? When you can feel it in your neck and you feel like you can be sick. Absolutely. Like it makes me like, I'm trying not to do it on the microphone right now. And I know I'm going to sound well dramatic, like I'm putting it on, but it makes me like want to cough. And sometimes if someone says it to me, I do have to be like, <laughs> do you think it's because it's a sensitive area of the body? I mean, personally, after I, right, last episode, so... everyone will know it's quite a sensitive <laughs> area for me, for my hips. But um yeah, do you think it's because it's a quite sensitive area or is it the... I have a memory. Tone of the voice. Yeah, I have, a, I have a memory. But it's like, I don't want to name any names. Um, But basically, one time when I was little, there was one of my mum and dad's friends, like middle-aged man, just, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, you just imagine like sweat and meh, all that kind of stuff when we've been skiing and he's talking about he'd pulled his groin and he kept saying it like, oh, my groin. And I was just a bit like, oh, that word's not for me. And now every time I hear it, I just associate it with that memory. Yeah. And it just makes me ill. So like if someone is talking about that area of my leg, I try my best to be like, not say it. Like move move the topic on. Yeah. Or like if I even like say I'm at physio or something like that and I have to talk about it, I will not say that word because it just makes me ill. I also hate lukewarm, which a lot of people find that weird that I hate that word. But I, I don't know why I hate that word. But it makes me, it hurts my neck. I think the, the word Luke, well, the phrase lukewarm reminds me of when you've been in the bath for like over 20 minutes and you're actually a bit cold now because it's not hot anymore and you're so uncomfortable and it's just grim. Yeah, it's like, it's just a horrible feeling, a horrible word. I just, I can't explain that one. Like but, who likes their tea? Lukewarm. Oh, yeah, like, who no, likes anything the lukewarm? It, the thought of it makes me ill. Shower, no. Oh, also, I found out this one the other day when I was saying niche. Joe, my housemate, told me that some Americans pronounce it niche. Oh, that hurt. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> any, any, if there's any Americans listening in, but 
That I mean, just doesn't sit well with no, the English that, like, vocab, that. That hurt my stomach when he told me that. I just It makes me ill. I don't know why. And also, my this is my number one horrible word, daddy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> I hate that word a lot. It makes me so ill when I hear that word. <laughs> I love how that we've gone from that one makes me <laughs> ill, that one makes me really ill, and then this one makes me so ill. <laughs> <laughs> it's horrible. And I just think anything to do with that word, no. Why would you say it? There's no need. I mean, some... If you're... Two to three years old. Will you let? Will you let them off? I, I but, understand it. Okay, but I used to say it when I was that age. But looking back, I wish I didn't because and like when I hear other like kids say it, I'm like that's allowed because you're a kid. But no, it's. Not I think for me. it's once you reach around eight, nine years old when it becomes you need to stop. Yeah, and yeah, it can be said in other ways as well. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> And then also, things that make me gip. You know when onions and potatoes have um, those, like, things coming off them? You know when they've been, like, in the cupboard or whatever for like too long? Sprout. And I remember seeing, and I, I don't think I'd seen something before, like, seen it before this, the, like, stark thing that was coming off an onion. When I was in first year, I had some onions in the cupboard for way too long, just completely forgot about them. I got it out and I genuinely thought it was like an animal. Like I was like, really, I was picking them up and dropping them and throwing back, them back again. Because I was scary. Like, I was like really upset by it. I feel like you pop onions in a cupboard and you go back just a few days later and it's like, how have they grown like uh, that it, in like, that time? It really, it's fascinating. Yeah, it really upsets me. And I think I cringe and get very easily. Uh, I don't know why, but my body just seems to reject a lot of things. And like... <laughs> Like, I don't know many people that just, like, have a real issue with words and stuff like that, but I've got a long list anyway. But they are a few of mine. I feel like that was quite a random one, just, like, a few things no. that made me ill. Thanks for the insight, <laughs> But, yeah, I'd say that's it for the week. Bit of a random end. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed that episode. We'll see you soon for another one. Give us a follow on at track double underscore pod for updates. And please, if you've enjoyed the episode... Give us a five star rating and a review or something like that. <laughs> yeah, we'd love a review. I don't really know what I'm talking about when I say that, but <laughs> and yeah, and if you don't like it, then you're probably not listening anyway. But just ignore. But yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs>